Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. I want to talk about today, how do we keep our light shining brightly? So the first thing we talked about was persecution. Persecution is one of those things that can cause your light to go dim. Because persecution, if you don't watch it, persecution will drive you to depression. But you got to understand that the persecution might not be coming because you're a bad person. It's probably coming because you're a good person. Because Jesus, listen to his words, he said, if they persecuted me, then come on, saints of God, they're going to persecute you too. So you are in the will of God. That's why you've been persecuted. Number two, uh, not defending the faith, just standing there and allowing people to discredit Jesus and not being willing uh, to talk about your faith in front of people. Other, other religions are not afraid to talk about their faith. That's why I don't, I don't mind. You know, if somebody, you know what, but most of the time, Elaine and I, we don't even let people know that we're pastors. It just kind of comes out later on because I want people to be themselves, right? But, but still, if, if you want to ask me a question about God, I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm going to stand flat-footed and tell you. But see, at that point, I'm not trying to be your friend. As a pastor, I'm not trying to be a friend of anybody in this church. I'm here to teach the truth and feed the flock. That's all I'm here to do, guys. I'm not here to make, be friends with you. I'm here to give you the truth and the reality of God's words, and that's exactly what I'm going to do because you're not going to be there when I'm judged by God. And so now I'm not going to allow you to mess up my relationship with him, and you're not going to allow me to mess up your relationship with him. Amen? If you see me going wrong, you better not follow me. I'm just telling you right now, <laughs> you better know your word first so you'll know what's right or wrong. But if I'm going down the wrong direction, don't follow me. Verse, then number three says, going along with the crowd. That can cause your light to go dim. Uh, denying truth can cause your light to go dim. Compromising on your standards. And I was talking to the single ladies uh, last time about this is, you know what? You should have some kind of standards. And, and you know, I don't feel like anybody need to drop their standards just because they're desperate or just because they're lonely. Keep your standards. And, and God will send you a Boaz so you don't have to settle for a bozo. <laughs> you hear the woman of God back there talking. She's, that's my amen corner back there, amen. <laughs> and so for the fellas, you know, just wait, wait, wait for your Ruth. Amen. Wait for your Ruth or, or you might settle for a Michael. Oh. You might need to read the Bible to understand about Michael. There's something about Michael that you need to read when you go to 2 Samuel uh, when you read about Michael, notice it would always say Michael, Saul's daughter. Yes. Yes. It would never say Michael, David's wife. Right. Why? Because Michael acted like a daddy. Right. King Saul. Oh, boy, y'all got to come, boy, when we start dealing with couples on that one right there, because I, I don't want my lame dad in my house, right? Selfish spirit. No, you don't. <laughs> Selfish spirit. If you just... Selfish and cynical. It can cause your light to go dim. A lack of forgiveness. Now, this is what messed us up Wednesday night. Because when we started talking about forgiveness Wednesday night, I mean, the Holy Spirit just took the whole conversation, man, and people were just talking and just getting healed, man. It was just, it was just amazing how God just began to do that on Wednesday night. And, um, and so a lack of forgiveness and, and showing unconditional love will cause your light to go out. Not operating in your gifts and callings can cause the light to go out in your life. Uh, if you know God has called you to do great things, why aren't you doing it? Stop blaming the church. Well, I can't do it in this church. Well, you need to change churches. Did I stutter? 
I didn't think I, I didn't think I thought I mean y'all looked at me like I stuttered. I was like, let me go back and make sure I said the right thing. Well, change churches because listen, God would never put you in a place where He didn't want your gifts to be used. I'm just I don't care how nice everything is. I don't care if the music is great because the music can be horrible. I don't care. I, God puts you in a place for you to be used. And if you're not being used, then you might have to reconsider where you are. Everybody in the house of God should be used. Everybody should be doing something. All right, all right. No prayer, no worship, no word, no praise can cause your light to go dim. And those are the words I want to focus on particularly today because today we're going to talk about how to keep your light shining brightly. And we're going to use three words, three words. Are you ready? So we must be devoted, dedicated, and determined. You got those three? Devoted, dedicated, and determined. The three Ds, devoted, dedicated, and determined. What should we be devoted to? Well, if you want to keep your light shining brightly, you must be devoted to prayer. It's, it's, it's not uh, a question that Jesus tells us. It's a command. It's imperative that we pray as people of God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, it says, When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land and send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will bless their land. Notice the blessing of the land came when the people of God prayed. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves. So when the church starts acting right and praying like we should, then we can heal the land. Amen. Right? So prayer is vitally important. It is imperative that we have a prayer life. Now, let me, let, me just, let me just bring some balance here because I know some people go way off on a tangent and say, oh, I got to be in the prayer closet for one hour. Oh, I got to be in the prayer closet for three hours. Praise God. And if you go in the prayer closet for three hours, oh, you're going to come out powerful. Who has three hours, first of all, with the job, with a husband, with a wife, with cheering? I'm sorry, I know that's children. <laughs> with everything we got to do, who has three hours? And, and, yeah, huh? and you got to sleep. Who has three hours? You've been there sleeping in the prayer closet. <laughs> How many of you guys seen War Room? If you haven't seen War Room, you have got to go see that movie. Right? Go see that movie. It's a powerful movie about prayer. Listen, we all should have a place where we pray. Right? But listen, but it's, it's not, your prayers shouldn't be determined by one place. You can pray in your car. You can pray on your job. Listen, on my job, sometimes I go to, I go to the stall. If I got some stuff on my mind, I got to work through some stuff, I go in there, they think I'm using, I'm in there praying. Lord, if you don't help me right now. <laughs> hey, hey, you had to call on Jesus. <laughs> How many of you ever had to do that on your job? Come on, come on. So it doesn't matter. You could be in the kitchen washing dishes. Oh, well, like me, washing clothes, folding clothes. I'm folding clothes, praying. I'm praying on my clothes. You can pray anywhere. You can get those three hours in if you just pray. See, Jesus says it like this in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. He said, men ought always to pray and not faint. Well, what does that mean? Does that pray? That means praying. Every, every moment you got, you're praying. That, that doesn't mean that. It means that you should always have an attitude of prayer. Right? 
See, walking from the, from, my, from the garage to the building, I'm telling God how much I love him. I love you, Lord. Awesome, God. Thank you for healing my body. Use me today. Allow your light to shine through me so that I can encourage somebody that's discouraged today. What is that? It's prayer. Right? It doesn't, you don't have to be eloquent and know all the scriptures to pray. As a matter of fact, God already knows you're a phony anyway when you try to do that. Might as well just be real with God since he knows you better than you know yourself. Just be real with God and just say, God, I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to lose my mind today. And God understands that because he knows you're about to lose your mind. Amen? So just be real with God. It's about praying, praying, praying. Keep an attitude of prayer. And when you do that, oh, it's amazing. Because we was talking about, let me go back to forgiveness for a second. Because we was talking about that, ooh, some people, you, you just, Lord, you have to forgive them, but you don't feel forgiven, right? You just don't, you don't feel it. Because forgiveness is not about a feeling. That's what we was talking about. It's about obedience. But the one thing that will help you with the feeling is prayer. And if you start praying for the person that hurt you, the strangest thing can happen. The Holy Spirit will begin to turn your heart because you can't do this by your own will. He will begin to turn your heart, and all of a sudden, your heart will be moved towards that person. And when you see them, the bad stuff don't even come up anymore. Now, listen, only the Holy Spirit can do that. Now, now your will can't do that. Because, see, the Holy Spirit is the one that's performing surgery inside of you. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He's cutting out all of that bitterness and that hurt that's in there that's, that's got you bogged down. And you can't even move to the next step because you're so hurt and you're so bogged down. And God did not want you bogged down. He did not want you worrying about all of this other stuff. He said, if you give it over to me, I can take care of it. But the problem is, we don't want to give it. And we say, Lord, I want to hold on to it. And God is not going to take it away from you. You got to give it to him. He said, cast your burdens upon me. He didn't say, I was going to take your burdens. So if you cast your cares upon him, he will take care of it. So some of the stuff that some of you guys are holding on to, you need to let it go. Just let it go. You got to let some people go. They'll be all right. They ain't going to die just because you let them go. Matter of fact, you'll be a better person for it. Oh, but we're supposed to be loving everyone. Uh-huh. Let me see how that's going to work out. You don't love them now. <laughs> All that fakery. You don't love them now. You can't even lie to me. You're going to lie to me. Yeah, I look. No, you, don't, you hate them. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, am, I, am I in the wrong church? I just thought I'd just be honest in here. I mean, when somebody hurt me, I didn't like them. I don't, I don't even touch the love part. I wasn't even close to the love. I just, I just don't like you. Every time I thought about him, say something, I just want to pimp slap you. Hello, somebody. But, 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 but when the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and God made me pray for them, my heart turned. So when I saw them, all I had was love. Only the Holy Spirit is the only one that can perform surgery in you and not leave any scars. Edward McKendry Bounds said this, E.M. Bounds, I love old theologians, the ones who are dead, I like reading their books. Uh, he said this, it is only when the whole heart is gripped with the passion of prayer that the life-giving fire descends. Fire, somebody say fire. See, 
Um, let me, oh, I thought I might be able to tell you this, but I got I to gotta tell you all about it so you can understand it. In the Old Testament, there, there was a tent. How many of you guys remember the tent that they, they put up? It, it, it was called a tent of meetings. Uh, if you look it up in the Hebrew, it's Ohel Moed. It's, it's the tent of meetings. Now, that thing was significant. I got to share one piece of furniture with you, but before I can talk about that furniture, I got to tell you about the other pieces because there was a, a, a nine-foot linen wall all around, and there was one door to go in and one door to go out, a linen wall, linen meaning purity. There was one door to go in and one door to come out. Jesus says, I am the door. So the only way to get into the place, you had to go through the door. The only way to get into the presence of God, you had to go through the door. Jesus said, I am the door. If anybody tries to come another way, they are a thief and a robber. So the only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ, not through Muhammad. You got to go through Jesus. Muhammad is not a door. Jesus said, I am the door. So when you go through the door and you come in the outer court, somebody say outer court. The outer court was, it was lit up by natural light because there was no roof on the outer court. Because in the outer court, there are some things you had to do in the natural. So in the outer court, over to the left, it was called the altar of sacrifice. That's where they brought the animals and, and they began to sacrifice the animals because you got to die before you can go in to see Jesus. You got to die to your flesh. But then before you can go into the, the, into the, uh, the actual tent, there was a, another piece of furniture over to the right called the brazen altar. Somebody said brazen altar. The brazen altar was made of brass and it was filled with water because what the priests would do was go to the brazen altar and they would wash all of the blood off of them and all of the filth off of them and all of the dirtiness off of them because when they would look into the brazen altar, they would see a reflection of themselves coming off of the brass and then what that water represents is the water of the word because when you wash yourself in the water of the word you see a reflection of yourself that you represent Jesus but then you got to go behind the curtain and then you are in the holy place hello somebody but there's a roof on the holy place so it's not lit, lit up by natural light it's lit up by the menorah the menorah was over here uh, to the left hand side I'm sorry or uh, 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 on the right hand side was the menorah and it was lit up and the priest had to fix the menorah no 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 I'm sorry it was on the left hand side they were right I was right the first time it was on the left hand side and then the priest would fix the wicks and trim the wicks and put fuel in the menorah because the menorah lit up the whole inner core area and that is indicative of the Holy Spirit because in the holy place, the Holy Spirit lights up everything. To the right was the showbread. It was 12 loaves representing the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 loaves of bread. Now, now, I've been trying to get to this piece of furniture, but I had to explain that furniture before I got to this piece of furniture. And so this piece of furniture right up front, before you go into the holy of holies where the Ark of the Covenant was, there was something called the altar of incense. Glory to God. And so the altar of incense was a place that there was fire. And what they would take is the incense, throw the incense in the fire, and there would be an aroma. Mm, glory to God. And so the prayer that you pray mixed with fire sends up an aroma. That is a sweet smelling savior to the, to the Lord. And so when you pray and you pray fervently and you got some fire, the aroma of prayer lights up the whole room. Let me tell you something. If you've been in prayer, and I mean you've been all red hot in prayer, when you go around people, they know, oh, man, there's something on you. They know, they know. It's something on your life. How many has have already experienced that before in your life? You've been in prayer. I mean, you've been seriously praying. I tell you what, when we have prayer in this place, and we know we've been praying like we did that Saturday morning, 
I know, I, I, I don't know what it was. I don't, it was something that happened. I would go to the store and people would just, just look. They knew I had been with Jesus. And they want to talk about God. Before you open your mouth. Why? Because there is an aroma on you. It's the aroma of prayer. And God will cause people to come to you because your heart has been prepared. You are pure. And God says, now I can send people to you because you got a heart of prayer. Is this making sense to somebody in here? So before the priest could even go into the holy of holies, there had to be prayer. Now, the Holy of Holies is where the Ark of the Covenant was, which represents Christ, the king. Amen. Now, the priest couldn't go in there, only the high priest. I ain't got time to teach you that. Come by on Wednesday nights and we'll get into that. So I just want to talk about the altar of incense because it's vitally important to really get into the presence of God. You got to send up some prayer. Psalm 14, 1 and 2 says, "Let, let my prayer be set forth as incense before you. Glory to God. Let my prayer be set for you as incense. So when you pray, you're sending up an aroma. Amen? So you must be devoted to prayer. But you also need to be devoted to praise and worship. Praise and worship is not just something that we do. Praise and worship is vitally important, saints of God. In Psalms chapter 150, it says, 150 verse 6, chapter 150 verse 6, it says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. How many of you ever heard that verse before? You, you know when people win those awards? Now, they just finished pelvic pumping on the stage, gyrating, going on, and, and you, see every, you see all the missing. And so you see everything. Everything is popping. The sister's popping out. Everything, everything, everything. Now, then they get an award, and they say, well, we praise God. Uh-huh. That's normal. They can praise because the Bible just said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. What they cannot do is worship. See, you got to have a relationship to worship. Everybody can praise God. That's why it's okay. That's why they say, oh, I just want to thank God. Well, you have to because God is the one that gave you that talent. You just choose to use it in a perverted way. But it came from God. It's just like, if, oh, okay, oh, all right, I'm off on a tangent a little bit, but that's okay. I'll come back. Just like this new show that's on about this girl that's, that's talking to dead people. For people, y'all know who I'm talking about? This is the new show that's on, right? Right? You know, you're talking to dead people. Y'all know who's talking about dead people. So you know if you talk to the dead, you know it's the devil. Because right. right. God is not a God of the dead. Right. He's a God of the living. Right. Amen? So first of all, you need to know your Bible. Because if you're talking to dead folks, that's the devil you're talking to. Right. So what, it, what you're talking to is called, let me help you out, a familiar spirit. Yeah. That is a spirit that has been hanging out with your love folk that died. And so when you get in contact with that familiar spirit, of course they know everything about that person. They have been with that person all their life. So what you're tapping into is a demon that, been, that has been living with, your, with, with your, that dead loved one all those years. That, that ain't, that ain't, yeah, oh, she's so spiritual. See, you got to ask the question, what spirit? Because if it's not the Holy Spirit, then it can't be nothing but a demonic spirit. It's only two. It ain't no demonically Holy Spirit out there. It's like being a little pregnant. It just don't happen. Hello? 
So yes, yes, they, they, they crying. Oh man, that's just that's my mama. That ain't your mama. That's a demon. That's not your mama. Let me see. Let me tell you what happened to this girl. That girl has a prophetic spirit. God called her to be a prophet, to speak prophecy. She's using it in a demonic way. Now, prophecy is like this. There is, it's just like, okay, just like cable, you got a satellite. You got, let's just say this satellite is God. That satellite is the devil. You can tap into spiritual things. But instead of going to the satellite of God to get a word of prophecy, you go to the satellite of a devil to get a demonic word. But you're using your prophetic gift because all gifts come from God. Every one of them come from God. The devil has no gifts because he was even created. Am I helping somebody here today? So just because you got a bunch of Christians that don't understand the word of God following these people who want to read their, they're gonna, I'm, I'm, let me tell you what's going to happen in your future. No, no, I go to the Bible for that. Mm-mm. No, you ain't reading my hand. You read, I don't know what you're giving me. No, as a matter of fact, I'm going to lay hands on you. Uh, yeah, you're going to read it. <laughs> Praise God. No, no, no. Don't get bogged down with that stuff, saints of God. Just go back to God. Just go back to God. That is, is it spiritual? It is. But you got to ask yourself, what spirit? Does that make sense? Okay. So, so, so it said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. So I want to talk about, and I know I'm not going to get through this today, but I know I have to start this because I want to talk about seven Hebrew words for worship. There are seven Hebrew words for worship. And I might not get through all seven, but guess what? We'll pick it back up next Sunday. And that's just how I like to preach. If I don't finish, I'll finish next week. And if I don't finish next week, we'll keep on going to Christmas. Everybody ready? There are seven Hebrew words for worship. Now, here's what's significant about those seven words. Only two of them deal with music. So when people say, oh, I just, I just got to have the right music to worship. You don't need music at all to worship. So maybe it's because you don't understand what worship really is. So, so can I take you through this journey? Okay, let's go through this journey. So the first word, the first word is Barack. Not, not like Barack Obama, but Barack. B-A-R-A-K, Barack. Somebody say Barack. Barack. So say it, Barak. Okay, B-A-R-A-K. Barak, this is what it means. To kneel or bow, to give reverence to God as an act of adoration, it implies a continual conscious giving place to God. It's amazing. To be attuned to his presence. Psalm 34.1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's the word Barak. It, it means that you, you kneel and you bow down. It has nothing to do with music. You, you don't have to actually have music for worship. But what people, let me, let me just take this time to teach a little bit here. But what people, I want to make sure I say this correctly. I don't want to use the word indoctrinated. I, I, um, what has happened in, in Christendom today? We have created this, this atmosphere about worship. Worship now has become more of a concert. Uh, it's about smoke and dark lighting. And man, when I used to go to the club, 
That's what I saw. I don't, I don't. Am I by myself? Now, listen, y'all going to get all holy on me now, aren't you? Pastor, I just don't know which I never went to the club. Now, how many was at the club last night? Come on, be honest. <laughs> Somebody said. See, I wanted my light to shine. I went to the club to help save some people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was, I went to save some folks. I was a missionary. I was a missionary. So, so Jose, who, who used to go to the club? Come on. Who used to? B.C. B.C. Before Christ. Before Christ. B.C. Okay, so, so listen, so that's what you saw there right now. Now listen, please hear, um, please hear my hardness. I'm not saying that when you go to a worship service and you see all of this, then it, it's equivalent to a club. That's not what I'm saying. But what I want you to, to, to hear my hardness saying is the atmosphere that's created can't be done by man. It's done by you. See, it's not about the atmosphere it's about the attitude of the worshiper. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so, so let, let, me, let me just teach on this for a second. When Jesus ran into the Samaritan woman at the well, who remembers that story? Okay, now, now the, Jesus read the woman's mail, you know that. Jesus started asking her about her men, because when you start asking about your sexual life, that's when everybody, oh, Lord, you ain't you supposed to be. No, hold on, pastor, you just all up in there. I'm supposed to be all up in there. Why? Because that's the one area people don't want legislated. That's right. That's right. Now, now, if you don't give me a good amen, I'm going to dig like crazy on that one right there. Because <laughs> I can go deep on that one right there, because you know I'm not ashamed. Amen, I, I'll tear that one up, because we got too many young women giving up the goodies too quick anyway. Amen. And talking about, oh, he's spiritual. What, what's spiritual about him? He goes to church, but is the church in him? Where does he serve? How much do he give? How often does he go to church? What's the most memorable time he had with the Holy Spirit? Hey, spiritual, yeah. Mm -hmm. Until he gets the present and he's gone. Now, can I be real about this thing? And since I'm straight out of the ghetto, I can just get good in ghetto right now and say, if you don't keep yourself pure, the man is not going to help you. Thank you <laughs> for that confirmation. Right? So now let's get back to the Samaritan woman. Jesus asked about who she was shacking with. That's what we call it in Alabama. <laughs> Y'all ever heard that term, shacking? You know, okay, let me get politically correct, cohabitating. <laughs> so she was cohabitating with the guy, but she wasn't married to him. That's what Jesus said. I don't have time to take you back, so I'm paraphrasing. And, and so as soon as Jesus started talking about her, her sex life, she said, well, where's the best place to worship? <laughs> you know that woman wasn't worried about no worship? She was trying to get Jesus off of her tip, right? She was like, no, he's all up in my grit, so I got to change the subject. So she was like, well, Jesus, where's the best place to worship? Because the Samaritan says this is the best place to worship in the mountains, and, the, and, and then the Jews said it's the best place to worship is over in Jerusalem, right? So it was about worship. So Jesus says that God is spirit. And they who worship him must worship him in and truth. So you know what Jesus was saying? The location is less important as the worshiper. 
because whoever the worshiper is, that person must worship him. So if the worship is not going like you like, that means something might be wrong with you. I'm just saying, because it doesn't matter if we have a full orchestra up here that I have on a finance committee and we just got to raise an extra dollars just to pay them. It doesn't matter. If you don't come in with an attitude of worship, you know what that is? Nice music. That's all it is. All, you know what that is? Just talent. But talent don't heal you. Talent will not deliver you. You have to have an anointing on your life. Because the Bible says it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. So you can have a lot of talent, but you may not be anointed. So your attitude must be right to come in to worship. That's why I'm not ashamed to worship God. So if you come in here with the right attitude to worship, like that was Barak. That means you bow down. That means you just, you just incessive about God. You just, you just, nobody else around you matters. You don't care, because I don't care who's in this church. I'm going to lift my hands to God, because you might not know my story. So I don't get embarrassed to lift my hands. But there's so many people, oh, boy, if I lift my hands, they're going to be looking at me. Ain't nobody even thinking about you. They're trying to get theirs. They're trying to, Lord, I, I don't care who's in this building. I need you, because I cried myself to sleep last night, because I don't know what to do. I need you, God. doesn't matter who's in this place right now. I need you, Father. They don't even know how bad I was hurting last night. I need you, Lord. See, it don't matter. God can put you in a place where nobody matters but him. That's when you understand about worship. When you're hurting so bad, that you can't even get a prayer out because you don't feel like praying because you're hurting so bad, you're confused. That's when you can really tap into God. It's when you try to call your friends and nobody's answering the phone. That's when I got to know God. When I was, I was, hurt, I was, I was so confused when I would get radiation and then I would come driving back from Atlanta to here during those times and I would be so confused about, first of all, why did I get cancer? I know what I was. And so, it, but it was in those times when I didn't feel like praying when I felt the spirit of God stronger than I ever have. Because I was completely vulnerable. And all I could do was just say, God, I don't understand. But I'm so glad you do. That's worship. That's what I tap into when I come in to worship. That's why I, I have to lift my hands to God. Because of what he's done in my life. Because I remember being on the other side of that desk and that doctor saying, you got an aggressive form of cancer. And, he, and the look on his face was like I was going to die like the next week. Because now I can worship God knowing that.
that I proved him to be a liar. I have to worship him because I stand before you cancer free. The Bible said, let every man be a liar, but God is true. Somebody say Barack. Okay, that's Barack, Barack, Barack. Let me give you the next one, and then we'll stop right there. The next one is halal, halal. It's H-A-L-A-L, halal. Somebody say halal. Now, if you're an Arabic person, you might go halal. You might be careful, though. I don't want you spitting on people. Halal, this is what it means. To praise, to make a show, or to rave about, to glory in, or boast upon, to be clamorously foolish about your adoration of God. You know what that is? Losing your mind in the Holy Spirit. So, so wait a minute now. So those Pentecostals that were running around the church, you mean that's spiritual? If it's real. Well, let me, can I give you some Bible on this part? I don't have time to turn there, but, but David... <laughs> you might have forgotten that when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, David was so excited and, and he had so much worship inside of him that the Bible said David danced. He was the king. That David danced. Now, some translation says he danced out of his clothes. Now, I'm, I, I, I tread lightly on that one. Because I, when you say Dan's out of his clothes, I don't know how, how many clothes he had on. So that can be turned into so many different things. And so I just want to say he, he danced with such exuberance that, it didn't, that, that his wife, Michael, she got upset because of his exuberant praise. Let me tell you something. See, you can be in church, and you got Michael sitting right in the church. Why? Because they see somebody else praising, and here they go, damn, I don't take all that. Well, how do you know what it takes for that person? As a matter of fact, how do you even know that person is praising? Because you're not. I just help the praisers in here. Because sometimes I believe people go to church and say, well, I don't want to offend. You better offend somebody. Because they're going to get offended anyway. So you might as well offend them with your praise. Talk to me, somebody. When you come up in here, you better come and get all you need to get from God. I don't, I don't, I don't understand how people can be in worship and, and you got your hands in your pocket. Now, I might be calling somebody out. I don't really care. And you just know, just like, like you already arrived. Oh, so you got something from God that none of us have. Uh, obviously, you must have some kind of connection. You need to be up here preaching. Because I don't have that kind of connection. Because I have to connect with him every day. So it's about worship, saints of God. Don't worry about what everybody else feel. Listen, that's why I have to say, this is a spirit-filled church. Listen, if, if you feel with the spirit and you speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Just do it in order. That's what the Bible teaches. You don't have to be all crazy with it. And we know when it's crazy, and we'll back it back down. Don't worry. We know. We right, Pastor? Right? We'll back it down. We'll go, you know, you bring that down a little bit. <laughs> Don't get offended, because we, you know. 
Oh, you need to back that off a little bit, you know. And we know when it's real. And we know when it's a show. Why do we know? Because the Holy Spirit tells us it's a show. And listen, I know when people, I know the difference between speaking in tongues and chanting. Why? Because my spirit don't connect with it. And if you come in here chanting, I'm going to break you down. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, no, we ain't having that up in this church. Now, you can get saved, but we're not going to have that in this church. Because that's a chant. It's not a tongue. And I know the difference. Why? Because my spirit, my boy, something raises up in my spirit. It's like, I'm like David. And why? Because, see, I have to protect you. I'm not trying to be mean, but I do have an apostolic call on my life. And what that means is I don't mind setting people straight. I'm not this little old loving pastor. I am a loving pastor, but I tell you what, I'll put you in your place if I have to. Why? Because I'm not going to allow people to come in this church to hurt you. You're coming in here to learn about God. You're not coming in here to be hurt by other people who all they're trying to do is make a name for themselves. That's why you don't see all these different prophets running around in this church, because that's, that's when they do. When they come in here, oh, I'm prophet, blah, blah, blah. Well, you sit down. <laughs> Had somebody come in here talking about she was, she was in Juanita Bynum ministry, and, and she's a prophet of God, and God sent her here to this church and all that stuff. I said, okay, that's good. I, that's good. I good. And I said, well, you ain't giving no words in here. We already got prophets in the house. Oh, well, well, I feel like God called me to give, to give a word. Well, it, I don't think you, you were called this church. <laughs> True story. Amen. True story. I don't think you were called this church. I, you might have been called to a church, but not this church. First of all, as a pastor, I'm not looking for words from a prophet. I'm not looking for confirmation. And if I need confirmation, you will give it to me because I trust you and I trust the spirit in you. So if God gives you something, I trust you enough to give it to me. That's good enough for me. Then having some stranger out there, I don't know what they believe. I don't know. Their, I don't know their prayer life. Any of that. No, 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 no. We're not going to have that, saints. Why? Because I have to protect your souls. That's the job of a pastor. Amen. Somebody say halal. Halal. That's vigorous praising. So, so I'm going to stop right there because I got so much more to share with you. So I'm going to stop right there. So, so Barak and halal. Listen, listen, let me, let me, let me say this. When, when the praise team comes up here, they're, they're, the spiritual title is praise team, not cheerleader. So they're not going to get in formation <laughs> with pom-poms to try to hype you up. As a matter of fact, when they sing, they're not even singing for you. In this church, they're not up there to perform for you. They're up there for God. So when you come to church, you're not coming in here saying, well, if they sing the right song, then I might, I might enter in if they sing the right song. I might enter in. <laughs> what does that mean? That just means you didn't come to worship. That's all it means. Well, if I hear the right song, oh, ooh, that was a bad note. So if you was worshiping, you wouldn't worry about the note. 
See, let me tell you why that's true. Let me tell you something. I didn't like going to church. I'm just being honest. Because my mama was in a Pentecostal church. And those folks scared me. Man, those folks were running around the church. And the, the pastor, I couldn't really understand because of all the. <laughs> and I was like, Lord. Because, you know, Sunday is the day after Saturday, so you know where I was all Saturday night. So I, I got home, I want to say late, but I really got home early. <laughs> so I'm in church, y'all understand, I'm, in ch I'm trying to do the right thing, I'm in church, I'm in church, but I ain't right, I ain't right. I'm in church, but I ain't right, that's why I sit on the back row, because I ain't want them, you know, because I didn't know this at first, but when you drink, it comes out of your pores. I didn't know that, Albert, I didn't know that, I ain't lying. I didn't know people can smell it. I can have, I can pop some mints. I can put all it. But they're like, you've been drinking what? How you, what were you, psychic? That's how my mama used to get me. My mama used to say, but boy, I smell something. Mama, I don't, I don't know. What's, what do you smell? My mama, oh, boy, you've been drinking? Mama, come on. Drinking. <laughs> yeah. But she would smell it, right? So I'm sitting there, and you got all those dynamics going on. People running. You know, I'm already tripping. And people running. So I'm like, wow, man. That's, 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 whoa. So I didn't understand all of that, right? I didn't understand that sometimes God can hit you, and your body does stuff. You don't want it to do it. Matter of fact, you're ashamed. But it does it anyway. I didn't understand that till one day when I got serious about God and it hit me. And I was, it was 2,500 some folks in this church at Pastor Franklin. And I was sitting there, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit hit me. Next thing I know, I was looking at my hand. I ain't lying. I was looking at my hand because I ain't lift my hands. I ain't lift my hands. What's wrong with y'all? My hand, I was watching my hand. It was going up. I said, boy, this ain't going to be good. <laughs> Something's going to happen to this place. I, ain't lying. I don't know if the devil going to explode or God is going to do something. Something's about to happen. Man, and all of a sudden, when I lifted my hands, I can't even explain to you what happened. It was like this warm sensation hit the top of my head. Again, I can't explain why it happened. I ain't, I'm not even trying to get all spiritual about it. But I know it was God, right? Because one thing I didn't do, I, I know I didn't know about God, but I knew I didn't play with God. That's one thing I didn't do. I didn't play with church, and I didn't play with God. And so, but when it hit me, I said, boy, this, is, this, this stuff is real. And I started weeping. You remember? You remember? And Pastor Franklin made an altar call. I went up in front of 2,500 people, probably 2 million people on camera. Hands raised. I mean, snot. Oh, God. It had to be nasty. I ain't lying. I'm just... When I think about it now, man, that, ooh. And I'm weeping. And you guess what? I did not care. Because I was having an experience with God, and he was healing me in areas that I didn't even know needed healing. And he was preparing me to be a pastor even then. I didn't know it. So let me tell you something, saints. Next Sunday, if you come to this church, Come already ready to worship. Amen. Amen. So, so 
let me tell you this. G give, me, give me two minutes. Give me two minutes. This is it. So before you went to the club, you were doing something to prepare. All right, don't y'all get too spiritual on me. Come on back. Don't get holy. Don't get holy. I want you unholy right now. Come on back. Come on. Come on. So, so I don't know about you, but, but, but I was ironing clothes. Uh-huh. Some, something was on. What was on? Music was on. Right? Why? Why? You, you trying to get, get your attitude right. Hello, hello. And you might have a little sippy cup. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. What we, we call worship in the red cup. So you getting your worship, right? Because you going to the club, why? Because you got to have the right attitude when you get there. So let me tell you something. When you wake up Sunday morning, while you're ironing your clothes, you need to be lifting your hands. You need to have praise music playing so you can go in the house of the Lord and worship. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's what worship is all about. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.